Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Surviving Self-Isolation. So it's the end of the first week of UK lockdown now. Self-isolation. Stay home, stay safe. I hope you're all staying safe. Hello all my friends. I'm saying that because it's only my friends that are listening to this podcast. So hello. Uh, I finished the book group uh, book that we've chosen. Uh, It was okay. I'm just going to wait for everybody else to catch up now and so we can read the second one, which was my recommendation. Looking forward to that. Uh, but just in case you are a complete and utter stranger to me, if not the podcast, welcome to you as well. Please tell other strangers about my podcast and encourage them to listen to it. It would do my morale good. Uh, this podcast is doing my morale well generally. I haven't really been out much. I've been out once shopping. That was an experience, but don't worry, I'll repeat it. But other than that, I've been staying inside. So I've had a lot to think about. I've read a book, I've done my knitting, I'm looking for some other stuff to do. might uh, go on my sewing machine and sew together a top that I've been looking at for months and not been bothered to get around to doing it. But of course, as always, been sitting and thinking about things. So one of the things that I've been uh, pondering on is how much this constant brainwashing about social distance and self-isolation and washing your hands all the time and not touching anything is really taking root after only just a week. Because uh, I've been watching more TV, obviously, and I found that I'd set a series link for Midsummer Murders and I've got about 400 episodes to watch. And watching them the shock I was like what are all these people doing kissing each other having affairs shaking hands nobody was two meters apart shocking genuine shock how long is this going to happen what's this going to do to our society at the end of it when we've spent so long being strangers to one another except you none of you are strangers to me apart from the strangers that have just started to listen to my podcast. So one thing that happened this week that was very moving and lovely was that on Thursday at 8 o'clock, everybody went out to their front door and clapped for the emergency services, for our NHS staff, our police, even the armed forces that are now starting to intervene and do more and more things because of the stress on the system. And it's beautiful that everybody's celebrating those that are doing so much for us. But of course, there's the usual things where everybody's coming out now saying, oh, but we we should really clap for these other people. So now we've got to clap for supermarket workers that are keeping the supply chain in place. Those people that do have to go out on the bus and the train to get to work each morning, we need to clap for those. We need to clap for the bin men because they're still going out and emptying the bins, even though we don't have anything to do with the bin men. There was already that social distance in place anyway. But yet again, I am the one thinking about those truly left behind. And what I'm concerned about is all those people that are triggered by clapping. How are they going to manage at the next stand at your front doorstep with everybody clapping? I mean, that must be that must be a nightmare. You're self-isolated. You're staying at home to save everybody. And no matter where you go... All you can hear is the constant clapping of everybody at their front doors. So I propose a solution that we all do 
jazz hands at the front doorstep at eight o'clock on the next applaud for the NHS and the bin men. I'm jazz handing right now and it's better for you, isn't it? It's not hurting you. You'd much rather that I jazz handed and didn't clap, wouldn't you? So I'm trying to get it trending on Twitter. So go to my uh, Twitter account. The handle's in the show notes. And we'll get the check for my hashtag jazz hands, not clap hands. And uh, we'll get this movement started. Are you with me? Yes, you are. I'm jazz handing that. So in the midst of us celebrating everything that they do in order to keep us safe, the police are acting a bit slightly irrationally. They're sending drones out and helicopters to make sure that we're not gathering in congregations of more than two and that we're only going out for emergency reasons only like food and medicine and to walk the dog. But lo and behold, do you go to do any of those three things in an isolated spot where you're guaranteed more than 30 foot distance from anybody else? Oh no, the police helicopter will be there to highlight the fact that you're not doing an essential activity. It doesn't matter that you're taking your Springer Spaniel for their daily six hour exercise, otherwise I'll go insane, and you're taking them off to the moors or some giant field or, you know, the Peak District. No, 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 that doesn't matter. The only thing you come in contact with is your car. So, yet again, I am the only person considering the left out people in a new policy. Because this week, with all the confusion over what uh, social distancing and self-isolation and stay at home, stay safe really means, uh, non-cohabiting couples have been forced with a choice. You either spend the next few weeks apart from each other or you decide whether you can both cut it and move in together and see if you can go the distance. But in there was nothing said about a group of people. And yet again, I am the one looking out for them. Because nobody has thought about bigamists. What do bigamists do right now? Do they stick with the first wife or the first husband that they married far too young, had four kids with? Or do they go with the younger model that they've perhaps just started a family with or that's just their little plaything on the side, but doesn't realise that that wonderful wedding they had a few years ago was in fact bigamous and completely illegitimate. Who do they go with? And once they've made the decision, how do they explain it to the other party? There's no government guidelines on that. Well, I'm interested in uh, sharing any information that I can get during these very difficult times. So if you are a bigamist and you have already gone through this, Please send your solution to survive self isolation at gmail.com and I shall read it out in the next episode. I mean, if you are currently thinking about leaving your partner or you um, have self isolated and stayed at home with your family and you're realizing this is the crunch point, now is the time for you to leave them for that person you've been having an affair with. Because under no circumstances can they come round and get within six foot of you. 
they've got to keep their distance. So now is absolutely the right time to uh, take the chance, make the jump, get off the pot. The amount of things that we can do now because of this social distancing and not face the consequences, you commit any number of crimes, the police aren't going to um, look for it because, as I said, they're flying helicopters around the skies of desolate beauty spots. If you're, if you're like part of a polyamorous relationship, it's ill-advised for you all to go shopping together. But maybe um, two couples, you know, a couple of you in the relationship will have to pretend to be a couple instead of polyamorous and will have to go supermarket shopping together and just pretend that you're like a normal couple like everybody else. That will only last so long because soon enough that it'll only be one person allowed to go into a supermarket to go shopping. So enjoy it while you can. I think one of the things that the government has neglected to um, mention to us is that life is still carrying on, that the only danger we face is not coronavirus. There are plenty of other dangers. There are plenty of other things that can go wrong for us in society today whilst this stay home, stay safe things going on. Because it was such a delightful week that I spent a couple of afternoons in the garden with my mum, getting a few things done, a couple of things dug over, a few bits of tidying got ready for the planting of all the vegetables in a, a month or so. It was wonderful. We were lulled into a false sense of security, people. We were. We were just happy, chatting away, forgetting about the news and Twitter and facebook and social media we didn't even have any radio on or anything we just stood out there enjoying each other's company achieving something together we had a sense of purpose completely lulled into a false sense of security because at the end of this lovely afternoon packing up ready to go off and start the tea some poor sad alone little pigeon completely undershot its downward sweep and smacked headfirst into the garden fence that next door had put up last year. Duff! It then promptly staggered down the garden in utter confusion, bewilderment, before collapsing in the middle of the garden path, dead. Now, there was nothing on the news about this. Nothing on the news about if you just stay at home you'll stay safe we weren't safe we just saw some poor pigeon accidentally killing itself it was very sad i just want you to all be aware that things can still go wrong it's it's not always stay safe sometimes it's stay at home and shit still happens despite the fact that we should all be sticking together supporting each other nurturing each other emotionally and uh, in other aspects as Quite a lot of people have suddenly found out they've been made redundant. There's actually quite a lot of public shaming going on still. Still lots of online shaming of people going out for food shopping, which actually is completely legal and permitted. But the mere thought of people visiting a supermarket is enough to send certain Twitter personalities into an absolute tailspin. 
I've actually seen online newspapers post pictures of people coming back from the supermarket completely keeping their social distance from others but I've had the brass neck to buy such things as gardening equipment like seeds, the odd plant, watering cans. They've obviously taken advantage of a special deal in their supermarket where they come back with a non-perishable item. How dare they? Is this really essential to go out shopping and come back with fuel for your barbecue that you're going to have in your back garden? Unlike the people in Coventry that decided being told to self-isolate and not talk to other people was the right time to have a secret barbecue. But yeah, how dare people? How dare people buy, buy stuff to entertain themselves when they can't get out and they possibly can't get on to watch some video because everybody else is doing the same thing at the same time so that's episode three in the can i hope you've enjoyed it i enjoyed recording it which is what's really important here but i hope you come back for episode four i hope that your first week of self-isolation was as entertaining as mine was so you take very good care of yourself and goodbye until next time